What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. All right, welcome back to our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners. Excited to have you with us today on this podcast, wherever you're at in the world. We've got an amazing guest with us today, and I'll introduce him here in just a in a few seconds. You know, one of the things that we try to do on this podcast is bring to you some of the top thought leaders in the world, whether it's from the business perspective or people that can really move and influence our lives. And Michael is certainly one of those people. And I had the chance to visit with Michael about a month ago, and, and if I don't know someone prior to meeting them, I try to get a little bit more familiar with them and their background so that if they're on the podcast, you know that they are a person who can really have an impact in your life and in your business. And so I was introduced to Michael about maybe a couple months ago from a good friend of mine named Randy Garn. And we had a great conversation on the phone and he sent me a few links uh, to some audios that he's done. And as I had the chance to drive up and down the canyon, I've been listening to those audios and they've had a big impact in my life. And I'm around this type of content and stuff a lot. And, and so to say that it's having a big impact is a, is a bold statement. And so I wanted to bring Michael onto this podcast because I know what he offers is valuable to all of us. And so with that being said, I want to introduce Michael, who's the president and founder of the Human Communications Institute. And he's a leader in the personal professional development industry. And when I say leader, I mean a mover and shaker. And by mover and shaker, <laughs> I mean someone who's delivering content that can really impact your life. It's not just a nice story. It's something that can really get deep and, and be an influence for good in your life. He works directly with individuals, and he also takes that up to the executive level in corporations, really focusing on their culture and high performance. And so we're going to focus on some of those things today. Before we do that, Michael, welcome to the show. And, and what else would our listeners like to know about you that you could give us a little background on? Well, I, I love it. And, and I'm thinking, as you're mentioning to me that Rob, that you're mentioning to me that you're listening to the audios and thinking, how many calories have I burned? You know, people listening to me going up mountains today and running and listening to the audios and everything. So uh, in a nutshell, you said it perfectly. I mean, I've, I've had an obsession for a long period of time, our entire company does, of understanding influence in the world, influence when it comes to business and influence in ourselves to, to do exactly what this entire podcast is about what you know your listeners are really about is really becoming your best. So it's just been an obsession for a while, finding out what makes people great, what makes people get started again, what makes people stop and then start later. And in a nutshell, it's you know you know going around the earth, you know looking for the best of the best material and finding a way to teach it in very simple ways that the that an everyday person can use it to impact their life. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, one thing that's fun about Michael is we share a lot of similarities, uh, Michael and I. And you know, one of the things that we both had the chance to be in front of a lot of different people, whether it's doing a keynote or whether it's one-on-one -on -one yep. coaching. And we were just talking prior to this podcast, and it's very interesting. It doesn't matter who the person is. A lot of us, in fact, I would say all of us, have different things that we're struggling with in our lives. You know, some of us want to have better health. Uh, some of us are trying to get unstuck from some things that are holding us back. Maybe it's relationships. You know, it's something that's going on with your spouse. Maybe it's a, a, an issue with one of your sons or daughters. The bottom line is that we all have something. 
people are getting held up and they're getting stuck. So Michael, maybe just from your perspective and background, talk a little bit about that. What are some, what are some thoughts and ideas that you have when it comes to high performance, getting unstuck, moving forward? What are your thoughts on that? I have I have a ton of thoughts on them for the for the for the amount of time we have and you know what we can get a point across to figure out crystallize it very very simply and you hit it on the head I mean I just got back from an event last weekend that I was at that you know the average income in the room income not company percentage the average like take home was several million dollars a year at a minimum there were people that companies were doing in the billions in the room and they were making you know big salaries and everything and it didn't matter what other speakers were there when I started talking about this one very specific topic about the challenges people have and what they deal with. I even brought up, you know, Steve, Steve Jobs, who when we watched that movie about his inability to have relationships very well with people, but he was great in one area, challenged in others. If there's something that you are really great at as an entrepreneur, one of the things that I recognize, we typically battle somewhere else because to be phenomenal at everything across the board winds up being a challenge in itself. If you, there's, I asked someone once, like, where do you find these perfect people? They said usually in books and on TV. I mean, that's pretty much where the only place you find these folks. And to to answer your question simply, I believe that the biggest challenge that people have is whether you're looking to get ahead and looking to get ahead with the numbers, you want to get your team more motivated, you want to get back in the gym again, or you want to accelerate your workouts, is one very simple thing. It's, It's that feeling that you get, and I can elaborate on this if you want to, it's that feeling you get when you know you want to do something. I remember back in the day, you know, you wanted to ask a girl out, you're 15 years old, back before you'd, you know, Snapchat and back before Instagram and Tinder and everything, you had to literally pick up the phone and call people. And I remember that feeling, one of the first times I had it, it's like you dial six out of the seven numbers, but you're intimidated to dial that seventh. And there's that, <laughs> that imaginary emotion. Remember that feeling? Like, it's like you want to ask for the sale. You want to ask that person out. You, you want to tell your wife or husband how you really feel. And it's like that feeling that stops you inside. And a lot of like therapists call it fear. Yet I found a, a very simple thing. And, and I really found out what that truly is. It's that wall that shows up in our lives. And I say this to high performers all the time. I said, your biggest challenge is your average. And I'll let that sink in for a second, because when I say you're average, you're thinking like, Michael, this peak performance, I make $20 million a year, you know, I run a football team, what are you crazy calling the average? I'm actually not calling you average. What I'm saying is your average dominates your life, and it really is your script that defines your actions, your emotions, and everything you do. I could take the time to prove this to you today, and if there's anything you can do to become a high performer is to change what your current average is. That'll change the majority of your life. So we can take that anywhere you want to go, Rob, but I'll tell you, if, if you could just accept, I have this in my book, if you can accept the fact your average is the dominating force in your life, all we have to do is then change it. Yeah, that is a powerful statement. I think we can use the whole podcast for this because this is the spirit of becoming your best. You know, there's this quote that we love to use, good, better, best, never let it rest till your good is better. And your better is best. And the moment we get to the point in our lives where we say, I'm fine the way I am, I'm good to go, yep. you know, I'm good to go. This is good enough. Then how in the world do we get better, let alone to our best? And so I love your statement there. Your average dominates your life. So the question is, it's not a comparison between someone else and ourselves. This is about each one of our best, our average. Uh, and you just said this, you know, sometimes we get awestruck or starstruck by other people. I don't do that anymore. One of our coaching clients, he made $20 million, yet there was many areas of his life when behind closed doors, he said, man, I'm just not happy. (laughs) And this is about what you just said, your average. So why don't you expand on that? You said if we'd like to expand on it and and let's do that. 
Yeah, let's expand I'll, I'll, on that. I'll do that, and, and I'll tell you. It's interesting you mentioned instantly when I say you're average. I have these shirts. The title of the book that's going to be coming out is "Average Sucks for a Reason." I want to like hit hit people with a two by four because I'm at the airport. I fly, travel, go to the gym a lot. I've probably given out tens of thousands of those shirts over the years, sold them, given them away, and people stop me all the time. They're like, "Oh man, that's a great shirt, man. Average sucks." You're right. I have waiters and waitresses all coming to me and saying, <laughs> you know, you know, hey, that's great. And I, then I very nicely ask, "Do you know what that means?" And they always say to me, well, yeah, you know, don't be average. And the answer is yes, correct. But we're not talking about other people's average. We're talking about your average. And what I've recognized is most people don't understand what their own average is. So how we get an average and where most unhappiness comes from in the world is when you're not doing what you want to be doing. I would say your heart and your brain are, are like from, like if men are from Mars, women are from Venus, like the book, your heart is from Pluto and I don't know where your brain is from. You know, it could be another, it could be Uranus, but I don't even know. Like it's from another place. So, Mercury. Like, your, your brain, yeah, your, your, your Uranus, I think you're supposed to say, right? Uh, but what happens is, what happens is like your heart goes, I want that. I want to be rich. I want to be happy. I want to be in great shape. Ba -bump, ba -bump. And your brain goes, how are you going to do it? You know, um, sounds great, but how about I show you 40 DVDs and HD quality of you screwing up last time? So here's where your average comes from. It comes from the script that you live on a regular basis, and I'll, I'll elaborate on this. I'll do it slowly, and you can ask some questions, and I want to make certain that the, the listener, you listening in, really grasps this. Like, you got all the intentions when you go to bed at night to wake up in the morning and be who you really want to be. Like, you even put a note by the bed, like, okay, well, here's my script. Here's who I was today, and you leave it on the end table, and then you wake up in the morning, and the most dominating thing in your brain is, wait, who am I again? What am I supposed to be doing? And because you don't have an answer to that question, you reach over on the nightstand, you grab your current script of who you were yesterday, and you do it again. Now, here's how the whole thing works. So have you ever, you ever noticed, this, Rob, like somebody starts doing well? Like, you know, in business, that feeling you get. Where, remember when you first got started? Let's, I'll just ask you. Remember when you first got started years ago in business? What, what was your first business you had? Like, just let, let's, let me walk you through this, because this will be fun for everybody. You and I will do it together. What was your first business you had? Yeah, a simple little company called Star Leadership LLC. Perfect. And from the moment you started, it worked out perfectly, right? Like rich you know, overnight, tons of money, everything was great, cash flow was perfect. Before, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> okay. No, I think, you know, I think it's relatable to what probably anyone who's started a business has felt, and that is, am I going to make it? Can I do this? You know, there's the doubt that we all have. Uh -huh. And there's this little entrepreneur's graph that I love. It's, it's this zigzag puzzle. And when the guy's on top, he says, I'm king of the world. And then the next day, it's down yep. this pit going, am I going to survive? You know, and I think we can all relate to that starting a business. Well, this, this is a fascinating thing. So I remember when I first got started in business myself, and I remember the reason I got started. I got started because I wanted freedom. I, I started because I had a message. I wanted to get out to the world. I wanted to make money. And most people don't realize their biggest problem is their success at some level. So unconsciously, Rob, you get started with this idea, and you, you go ahead and you go, Bam, I succeeded. And I never want to go back where I was again. I don't want to tell my wife we can't afford to go on that trip anymore. I don't want to tell uh, my kids we can't do that. And you build a wall behind you saying, I will never go back there again. And this is where your average starts getting created out of mild success. Or you get picked on when you're a kid and you're like, I never want to get picked on again. So I'm building a wall behind me saying, never get picked on. I'm going to live inside of here and I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to be like a little shy. So you build an identity for yourself. So what's fascinating is at the same moment 
that you build that wall behind you saying, I'm never going to go back there again. You build a beautiful wall in front of you saying, that's where I'm headed. It's a yeah. dream wall, your goals, your dreams, and you stare at them and you're like, oh my God, one day I'm going to get there, the promised land. And, and it's like your dream boards. And I call it like your dopamine rush. It's like a drug dealer central. It's all this exciting things that one day you're going to do and you put them in front of you. So what happens is you got two walls to this box and to the right of it to really, really make your life easy because this is the point of life. The point of your brain is to find ways to make your life easy. This is where the average can really mess with you. To the right, you build a wall called your identity. And the way you, typically you describe yourself to people is like, here's who I am, here's who I want to be, and here's what I'm not. So it's basically you're describing the inside of your box, the edge of your box, and you're describing the, the place you never want to go. But here's what's fascinating about your average. You've got a wall behind you of where you never want to go again, the dreams in front of you, right in front of you. To the right of you, you've got your identity. And to the left of you, to make the box solid, you attract, recruit, and have conspirators to help you do this. And you attract exactly who you need to have as friends and relationships to yes. remind you of who it is that you are so you can stay who it is that you are. So you have you hire the people that you need to help you stay your average. You get in relationships with people that help you be who you currently are. So this is why if you go to change, you've got a lot of explaining to do to these other people. So if you're a woman and wind up losing 70 pounds, most women do not jump up and down and go, oh, my God, I'm your best friend. You lost 70 pounds. No, they're in your life to help you remind you that you are that overweight person. They're not being mean, but that's been your identity up till now. It's, so it's, it's hence the, the saying. Here, isn't, that, isn't that hence the saying, you know, you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with? Bingo. 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 So basically, you built a life of similar types of people, an identity that's constant, goals that are in front of you, and a place you'll never go back. And you know what? It's comfortable. Now, here's what you don't realize. Your brain wanted you to get to this place, so it's consistent. It doesn't have to think so much. It could take a break. You'll be okay. And, and here's what's fascinating. I've, I've worked with enough people in real estate, which is a crazy market, investor side, big hedge, hedge fund guys that get into real estate I've worked with. I've worked with one-on-one -on -one agents. And here's what I caught on to. It doesn't matter the economy. I have seen people in a good economy, in a bad economy, I've seen them do the same amount of income. They'll make 150 grand a year during the recession, 150 grand a year before the recession, give or take 10 or 15% because their life is dominated by this average. So I got a few more distinctions I can give you about this, but everyone on this phone is dealing with this. You have built a life to give you what you currently have. So you can't actually be you and get what you want at the same time. So this idea of the better you, you personally, as you, your social security number and your identity can do it, but you can't be what you're currently doing and get what you want. It's impossible because you've actually set it up to have what you have, not to get what you want. So here's something I just typed out. Tell me if I'm right in this assessment here. One of the big takeaways, and I always look for takeaway, but one of the, whenever I'm talking with someone, Michael, one of the questions I'm always asking myself is, how can I do better? How can I do better? Yep. It goes back to our conversa conversation earlier. I'm not trying to just have this conversation with others. This is how I look internally all the time in my own life. So I just wrote a question down. I said, in this question, who we surround ourselves with, who can we surround ourselves with to help us transform into who we want to become? And I'm looking at the people in my life right now and do they make me want to be better? You know, I mentioned Randy's name. We just were in a meeting this morning for an hour with Randy, very inspiring, amazing person. I've had the chance to visit with you. You know, I think better and lift as a result. 
So wouldn't this be one of the keys to help someone start to make a shift to their average is really examine yes. who they're around on a daily basis and start to you, yes. move that circle? Some of these people, some of these people in situations have a higher impact. They give you more of a peak emotional experience. So like if you want to change your average of what it is you do, and, and this is what a lot of people listening are high performers. So they're thinking is, okay, Michael, I got it. I'm going to lower my head and I'm going to run through that wall. And that's where most people get burned out. You go 90 days, you talk to 50 Randys, 50 me's, 50 you's, and then eventually you, you ignore your business and, and you're back in a, a different problem, right? And you have a whole different problem. You're not going to get what you want inside of your box. Here's, here's the fascinating thing, and I'm going to get back to your idea of, of networking, connecting, getting around the right people in a minute. This is the part most people don't realize. What you want is over the wall. It's not inside of your box. So the actual wanting it is inside the box. Having it and actually living it and the realization of it is on the other side. So Randy and I are in your box currently. We are part of your current high-level average. But over the wall is a whole other game that we have to learn how to play if we actually want what it is we say we want. Yeah, and that can be intimidating for a lot of people. So how do you recommend that they... Because this is another one of those things that say, well, we all get the concept, I think. We would all agree. Yep. And the harder part of this is, or I shouldn't say the harder, the more difficult part of this is, how do you do it? So say you have just a regular person listening and it applies to all of us. Someone just out there is listening. How do they do it? How do we do it? Well, there's two ways over that wall. Uh, number one is uh, build a ladder. A ladder could be with relationships. A ladder could be with information. It's going to take some time. The other one is to grow. And one of the things I recognized, if you grow you, you just step over the wall and you live in the new box. But what most people don't realize is there is no promised land. There's just another box on the other yeah, side. And exactly. what's fascinating about the new box is the new box you're in, bring Randy and I along, we'll be in the new box, but we're going to be on the low end of your box. We're going to be on the back end. We're going to be like, I don't want anything worse than Randy and Michael, right? And then in front of us is the Bill Gates, and I'm just using financial metaphors. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, in front is the, the, the Dallas Cowboys. In front is the, the New York Yankees. They're all in the high front end of this whole thing. So what's fascinating is, number one is to accept that you created this. And the biggest reason why you created this box is not to get into psychobabble is to protect yourself and make your life easier. I mean, do, do you realize that life these days is so simple? Like, I have my daughter watching Little House on the Prairie now because I just wanted her to see <laughs> what it looked like, right? Like she pushes a button, runs to the front door at two years old on amazon.com, wondering why the package isn't here yet, like one second later. So we as, as humans, life has gotten easy and our brains are always looking to solve problems. So what we're doing as a culture is we're creating new problems that don't need to exist instead of realizing we've got a break now as humans. We don't have to hunt and and find our food. We can go to the grocery store. We can have it delivered. Life is easier now. And because life is easier, we shouldn't create new problems. What we should is more opportunities to grow. So I've got a few key words that automatically can solve pretty much any of these problems and help you get out of the average you're in and in a, in a system for doing this that everybody can start examining to help you make the difference. So what do you think? We give the solution or we give the philosophy first? What do you think will be better for this group? Yeah, either one. Whatever you think's best. Let's hear it. Okay. I love it. Well, first first thing I'll tell you is I'm a high, high performer myself. I'm one of those people that are like, can I do it faster? I remember my, I was listening to Jesse Elcher the other day on a, on a podcast, and he said, you know, his basketball coach gave him like 
summer drills. So he doubled them. He's like, if I only do what everyone else said, I'll be as good as everyone else. So I doubled it. So a lot of you are going to take what I say and want to double it. I'm going to tell you to slow down and understand the rules of life and how it works. I train on a little something called the 1% advantage. And the 1% advantage is a simple thing. Like when I play Monopoly, for an example, do you play Monopoly with the kids at all? Do you play Monopoly? I haven't played that for years. It used to be one of my favorite games. Okay. I can beat anybody anywhere, anytime. It doesn't matter. And a lot of people think it's a game of chance. And the reason is I understand the game. So if you understand like what makes a hedge fund manager great is they understand the game. Okay. What makes a really good stock picker, they understand things you don't understand. So if you think of the game, have you ever noticed like when you throw the dice, what do most people do when they throw the dice? They, they land in a property. What do most people do? Buy it. Buy it, right? Because how many who has the most properties? But that's not the name of the game. The name of the game is actually Monopoly. So the reason I'm bringing this up is Monopoly is there to collect Monopoly. So there's three things I understand about the game that give me a 1% advantage. And literally, I drive my family nuts until my teenager <laughs> caught on to what I was doing. And now she finally beat me. I, mean, I don't want to admit that publicly, but finally beat me. And here's what I recognize. And this is very important for all of you to realize. Three things I do. Number one is, I recognize the name of the game is Monopoly. So if you have a yellow and I have a yellow and I land on one, do you know what I do immediately? I mortgage mine immediately because cash in hand in that game is better than the $12 or 20 bucks you get when someone lands on your property. Then if I'm in a bad position and you have to buy the yellow from me, I'm selling you a bad position of property in, in, in a mortgage position. Catch the concept? Yeah. Number two, I never buy the boardwalk and park place. Let somebody else have them. The reason why is they're too expensive to build on. I buy the cheaper stuff, and I want to I want to win through attrition to knock you out. The third thing that I do, and I don't know how much everyone listening to this believes in positive thinking or faith or whatever it is you believe in. One of the things that I do before I throw the dice, and this may sound crazy, but what if it's right one in a hundred times? If you're going to play the game one in a hundred times, I ask for what I want the dice to be. I've done it in Vegas. I've gotten moved removed from a few casinos for doing this. But I literally ask for what it is I want. Now, I don't know what your belief system is, but what if there's a little faith and a little possibility that when I throw that dice one in a hundred times or even 10 in a hundred, I can get what it is that I want? Could that possibly give me the slightest advantage believing that I could get what I want? Do you catch? I'm not saying every time. I'm not saying all the time. You're just saying you need you one time. you what I mean by that? Yeah. One time. Now, I do it about 30% of the time, and I do it in blackjack and other things also. It's kind of freaky weird. I, I've learned to, like, tilt the world a little, not to freak anybody out, but why not ask for what you want? Why not have a parking spot up front? Why not have the deal work out? Why not have come home from school and your kids are smiling? Why not plan in your head what you'd like things to be? So I believe in the 1% advantage. So I look for little teeny specks of advantage. Like, for instance, if you want to have better health, there's little things you can do to improve those things. So the reason I brought the Monopoly example gets me to my next point. I look for 1% advantages. If I wear yellow glasses at night and I sleep better, 1% better, it's fantastic. If when I wake up in the morning, I write on a little board what I'm going to do the next morning, all these little things that I do, instead of reading a book thinking it's going to change my life or this podcast, what if checking out this show three times a year gives you a 1% increase in your mindset? How does that affect the rest of your life? So I'm always looking for a 1% edge. Now, here's the thing that I'm going to tell you. I'll give you a, a prime example. You ever talked to anybody that had a, had a challenge at all, like something they were dealing with? Because oh, yeah, of course, the the current average. Yeah. Now, give, me a, give me like a scenario real quick, and then I'll give you the, the quick rundown because then we're going to run out of time. Yeah, I'll give you give an example. Person. A person. Like, I'll just give you an example of a coaching client, someone who we just worked with. Very successful yep. doctor, huge struggles right now with one of their children who's in his early 20s. Mm -hmm. 
drugs, alcohol, uh, addictions, problems? A little bit of a mix of all of it. Okay, good. And, and we, a lot of us deal with that. Okay, so here's what I recognized. We don't exactly have a problem with our kids. So one of the things that I recognize is it's not a problem with your kids. You think it's a problem with your kids. That's where the emotions get involved. And yes, it is physically a problem with your child they're having. But there's another thing that the current you cannot solve. So here's what the four things that I'm going to give you right now. And, and I'm just going to tell you this is the answer to everything. If you have relationship issues, if your business isn't growing to the way you want it to, you have trouble with your team, it's only four words. And I'm going to give it to you real quickly. Number one is a word called commitment. Now, if you're listening to this right now, like I know that that dad is committed to his kids, so I can't say he's not. And I know for a fact that if you're on this podcast still listening, you are committed to your business and your life. No questions. The challenge is the second word. It's called congruency. And what congruency is, is do you do what you say you're going to do? I mean, how amazing would it be if all business owners said, we're going to do $100 million this year and actually did what they said they were going to do? I mean, wouldn't that, <laughs> wouldn't that solve all of our problems? I mean, think about that. Like, you say, I'm going to exercise more and get healthier, and they literally did it. Like, do you realize most people's weight issues are a congruency issue, not a gym issue, not a lazy issue? They just don't do what they say they're going to do. I mean, yeah. do you realize how solvable that is? So true. Okay. The third and fourth, I believe, are the missing genes of the 21st century, and your client's challenge in the first place that I would start. Number three is communication. How we communicate with ourselves and others, and I don't mean one-on-one -on -one conversation how we understand the human mind, what goes on, an addict's mind, a, a person going through a divorce's mind, uh, a person addicted to Netflix mind, a person that has trouble being consistent's mind. See, a guy comes to me once and he says, Michael, I just go back to my therapist. I have chronic anxiety. I said, you're screwed then. There's nothing I can do. He goes, that's not the answer I wanted from you. I paid you <laughs> X amount of dollars. What, are you crazy? And I said, well, I can't help you. You already have a label. There's your identity. There's your box. He goes, well, what can we do? I said, well, if you come to me and say, Michael, I haven't learned how to communicate with myself in a way that works yet. That person I can help, but I can't help a person with chronic anxiety. You catch the difference? Absolutely. Yeah, one's in the box. One's looking at ideas and solutions of where they can be and where they project themselves to be on the other side of the box, to use the, the terminology. So if your client starts to become a better communicator and say, you know what? You're being challenged right now. The current you does not have the communication skills to deal with your son and to deal with yourself, to go to work on a daily basis, to come home confident enough to deal with this. And you don't have the words yet, nor have you employed the people that can help you yet. Bing, bam, boom. And the fourth is the word confidence. So let me just pause on that one. So an example of something yep. that someone shouldn't be saying and this, just we had a friend over for dinner about a week or so ago. Mm -hmm. He just finished a book. And the focus is that what we talk about is what we bring about. And so we've been very focused on mm -hmm. our words. We tried, I mean, we've been focused on this for a long time, ultra hyper-focused this last uh, week on our words. And it's amazing how many times we use words that are not congruent with either where we want to be or putting ourselves in the box. So for example, this particular father, if he was to say the words, I can't communicate with my son or my son is X or there's no way I can get through yeah. with him. Those are all words that establish their, their line in the sand words. They keep you in the box. They establish the identity. And then if you agree with that person, so if I, okay, so let's say I agree with that man. So let, let's build the box again. And I, I think this is worth going a couple seconds over because I know that the audience listening right now is dealing with this stuff. Yeah, or everyone someone, can one of your friends is. Yeah. This is real. This is the real, this is life. You want to get, you want to get ahead in the world? We got to make the world better. So the guy comes over and let's just say you and I are there at the dinner table and we say, oh man, that's horrible. And we agree with that person. The second we agree linguistically with that person, we validate their reality of what it is that they're saying in such a way 
that we create, help them recreate the identity that it is true that he is not, does not have the ability to communicate. What I would say when he says, I cannot communicate with my son yet, I, or my son, I would say, is it that you currently are unable to, or you've not found a way yet, or you done trying? No, no, I'm not done trying. Okay, so you're willing to become a better communicator and search out solutions. That creates a new identity and throws that man immediately over the wall. Even now that, he's over the wall. What Werner Earhart would have said back in the day with S, never been to the program, and heard him say it once on an audio, throw your freaking hat over the wall so you have a reason to go over there. You know what? Boom, hats over the wall. He just admitted and committed that he has a challenge with this one area. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Oh, it's perfect. So, Vice, I can't communicate with my son, which prevents anything from going forward. Up to this point, I haven't found an effective way to communicate with him yet. Yes. So you need, but you're, you're going to have to challenge the person. So one of the things I teach in my human interaction technology, which is the language, high-level unconscious reprogramming, you'll understand that when you say something like, if you understand the unconscious mind, it's not some cute little thing you learn in psychobabble class. It's a powerful mechanism that once you get the concept of it, it's, once you get the concept of it, it's the type of thing that when you hear it, it offers you the ability to make a difference. So what you'd say to that guy, I can't communicate with my son, you'd say, is it that you can't or have not figured it out yet? Yes, exactly. So basically, there's room to grow. So I, I ran out of my office, how powerful this concept was. I ran out of my office about, uh, I would say, six months ago. And I just got, I was, I was, I got those angry moments. You ever had one of those angry moments where you get, you get like just totally fired up? I got fired up. I came out of my office frustrated and excited at the same time. And I said, all right, everybody, I'm leaving Tony Robbins, everyone else in the world, this whole get rich and be happy and be powerful thing. We're not focused on that anymore. We're not teaching any of that. We're teaching people how to make their lives work. We're going to teach people how to influence themselves. Let other people teach people how to be rich. I want to help people understand how to make their life work. And what I recognize is how can you effectively go through your day if you're not a high enough communicator? Here's what the unconscious mind does for us. So that same client, I'm going to ask a crazy question. Is that client working on something business-wise that's got a big plan going on right now, the one with the child issue? Yeah, I would say so. Yes. Okay. So here's the part people don't realize. We ask for things in this world. This is going to sound spiritual, but we ask for things. We say we want to get ahead in business, which requires you becoming a better communicator and more confident. So unfortunately, we get solutions in very strange ways. With this situation, he is being forced through something very important to become a better communicator and grow. Yeah, I love it. So combining the one, we have commitment, congruency, communication, and what's the fourth? The fourth is confidence. Now, have you seen a lot of confidence in this world lately? Have you seen <laughs> a, in, in people? Are you seeing like how many kids like literally these days shake your hand and look you in the eyes? How many like normal kids, average kids? Oh, yeah, very few. It's, it's eyes yeah. on the phone. It's a deadly thing, lack of confidence. And confidence in yourself, confidence in what you're doing. So let's just play a little game real quick. If you are more confident than you currently are, I'll speak for myself currently, I was a better communicator than I currently am. I'm a phenomenal communicator, but there's a, I have limitations, we all do. Did more of what I said I was going to do and is even more committed to my life. Would my life work better? Yeah, absolutely. So take an example of somebody comes to me, goes, I'm going through a divorce. It's okay. You're physically going through a relationship that is not working completely. What that truly means is what you're currently dealing with this moment is two people that have not learned how to communicate effectively with each other. 
or maybe shouldn't have been together in the first place. What's fascinating is if you do want to make that work, where do we need to grow? You need to be more of who you said you were going to be. You need to communicate in a way that may build a radically new relationship for you. You may not get the old one back, but you have to communicate with yourself. I mean, how fun would it be for some people to maybe not get the old relationship back, get a brand new one, have the courage and confidence to build an even better one than the one they had, but that requires communicating with yourself that that's okay based on a new model. This could go really deep right now, and I'm not going to go here right now, but most people's idea of a great life, great business, great marriage is something they saw on TV when they were five. That's when they built their box. Yeah, which is why the subconscious in many cases drives the results. 100%. They watched different strokes when we were kids, right? They saw Philip Drummond, and he had a nice fancy mansion, or they watched The Facts of Life, or they watched Friends, and they think that's going to be life, knowing the age of your audience. I think it landed the shows. Do you know what I mean? But (laughs) the point of this, The point of this is most of our lives are designed by things that we, these false realities that we've created, and we skip this chance to grow. So here's the point. You want to grow, 1% advantage is actively seeking ways to become more confident. I started and wanted to get in better shape. I started doing Spartan races. I wanted to become a better communicator. I took on more challenging clients. I wanted to become more confident. I put myself in masterminds. I put myself on podcasts like this. You know what happened? Not overnight success but it forced me to grow and it forced me to become more. And that's what people don't realize is unless you're working on what I call your core four here, your commitment, your congruency, your confidence and communication, you're going to be in your current box permanently. Yeah. Well, Michael, this has been absolutely phenomenal. I wish we had another hour. In fact, we may do another podcast down the road so we can keep this discussion going. (laughs) There's so many things that people can use from this podcast. In fact, I would encourage listeners, you know, you've listened to this today Put this on the calendar to think about for we can come back and listen again yep. and, and let this marinate a little bit and see where this is at and how it applies to your life. I certainly will. I've taken great notes as we've been talking here. And in the spirit of good, better, best, I think Michael has perfectly illustrated that we can all do better and we have the intention to and we, we've learned on this podcast some great tools and ideas on how to even further that and move it out of the intention phase, getting out of the box. And so great notes here. This is definitely one to come back and listen to again. And Michael, obviously we could have gone much deeper even in the time that, I mean, we've already gone to 34 minutes. Typically there's a 20 to 30 minutes max (laughs) and this has just been phenomenal. So obviously we could have done a whole lot more. This has still been incredibly valuable and I'm sure there are people who want to know more than we were just able to cover in this short podcast. How could they find you? Well, this is, this is what's really cool. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make this simple. Every one of you has a phone. I'm going to give you a number. I'll repeat it twice, and you can grab a pen, take a couple seconds to get this. Send a, You can always go to michaelburnoff.com. You can figure out how to spell it or go to YouTube, find me, catch me on Facebook or whatever. michaelburnoff.com, B-E-R-N-O-F-F. I'm certain it'll be in the show notes. The other thing I was going to say is I set up something simple because I want to make your life pretty easy. Every one of you has a phone. Grab your phone and send a text to this number, 480. I'm in Phoenix, so 480. 480- 800-8051. That's 480-800-8051. And in the spirit of the show, text your best. You can either do it with a space or without a space, your best. And I'm going to send you a video on a little bit more about this and how to raise your current average, how to get your team to also raise their average as well, and also how to understand this conversation and have it with other people and really start thinking about this in your day right now. Just start thinking about how many things you do on autopilot, which is great. You've got a consistent life. Your challenge isn't consistency. 
Your challenge is consistently doing the things you want. So 480-800-8051, text your best, and I'm going to send you a video that is absolutely incredible and that is going to just it, it'll it'll blow your it'll blow your mind. It's a very very simple thing that'll get you thinking, and more importantly, accelerate you out of your current average. You'll enjoy that a lot. So that should be enough right there. I mean, I'm I'm excited to to work with you and help out your team. I love what you're doing in the world, man. I love your 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 material, your books, your your child's book. I mean, it's really fun what you got going on in the world. <laughs> well, I feel the same about you, my friend. One more time, what's the number, Michael? Just in case. Yep, it's four eight zero eight hundred eight zero five one. And text your best. Yeah. And all you, all you do is hit send and like give it a couple minutes. Just be patient. We got to learn patience. And you'll get a, an email back. And, and, and challenge yourself to take a few minutes and watch that and listen to it. Even if you just listen to the background in your car, it'll be very, very helpful to hear. Well, this has been phenomenal. And so highly encourage everyone listening to text that number. It definitely will work in the U.S. You'll need to send an international text if you're listening from other countries, the Philippines and Africa, Costa Rica. You can also go to michaelburnoff.com forward slash your best, michaelburnoff.com forward slash your best. Ah, perfect. And uh, you get access to the same thing. Perfect. So for our international friends, that, that may be the best bet for you. So, Michael, it's been awesome. Huge take-home value for people listening to this. There's one more thing I would encourage people to do, and that is to share this with someone else you know. You know, it's great that we look inside, and it's exactly what we should be doing. How many other people do you know who you could share this with? whose life it could impact. So I invite you to be proactive and not just take this internally, turn around and find one person that you can share this with who you think it would impact and really help them move forward in their lives. And maybe they'll share it with their teams and, and you become the ripple effect that truly one person can make a difference. So Michael, love it. thanks my friend. You've been awesome. And to all of our listeners, have Thank a fabulous day. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, It would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.